listener. It's two o'clock. It's time for some call me Tim. We're gonna have a phone call from Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I have no idea what's gonna happen today, but I have to go potty. So I've got a little sunk bed cat and some other things, other musical play, and uh, and then we'll be right back with a remote call from Latoya because she's worried about the cyclone here. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>
righty, we are ready for our call. She's me calling in. I have no idea what's going on in the world right now because I was in the comedy festival for a week. So my whole my whole life is confused and I'm like, what is what is life again? So um, I'm back to normal programming, normal, whatever that means. But I still have no idea what's going on in the world. So I love it when the Sheriff of Truth keys me in, especially to what might have happened on Saturday night. <laughs> the last day of the festival, uh, there were so many shows and I got to perform on the Noise Pop Block Party main stage at noon, which was incredible. And I felt like a real comedian on a big stage. And then I had five shows that day, um, two at Atlas, which were amazing because they were during the block party and there were tons of people and everyone had an amazing time. And two at Milk Bar. And again, it was outside and we had so much fun. And then OMG was the last show. And I guess I ran the show, but I hadn't eaten all day. I'd only had half a bagel with cream cheese in the morning and I just didn't self-care at all, uh, meaning feed myself. And so, and I was drinking free alcohol because of the shows. And, uh, oops. <laughs> but there's pictures of me, and supposedly I did an okay job. I have a lot of bruises. I think I was uh, dancing on the floor. Yeah. So Latoya's going to call in and fill me in on that. But I would say it was a successful Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival overall. As I look back, I think everyone had a super fun time. The t-shirts were really cool. Thanks to Subliminal SF, Mikey Madfuss, what a designer he is. And check out subliminalsf.com. And Chris New City made the t-shirts. And he's amazing too. So thanks to... I have so many thank yous from the festival. And LaToya as well. She came to a bunch of shows. And it, that was so supportive and lovely. So yay! Yay! Call in. Uh, well, let's listen to some more Sunk. And we'll be back with LaToya.
that, everybody, was Sunk, S-U-N-Q, from their new album, Bedcat. Uh, check them out. Buy their stuff online. It's Guinevere Q, no big fucking deal, and Young Sun, and they're amazing together, and uh, I love them. So many good bands in San Francisco. Uh, you should listen to JW Megawag on Fridays from four to six because he brings together the best of underground music and what's happening in singer-songwriter world and with bands and people coming through San Francisco. Runs an amazing Instagram show every Saturday from the Tiki Desk concerts from his own venue on his balcony and it's super fun and what a great listen. He's had jazz bands, he's done comedy, he's all over the map. Um, the underscore, the triple underscore, the three, Mr. Andrew, that that band, God, they're they're incredible. Uh, I'm babbling because I'm waiting for Latoya, the sheriff of truth, to call in. But until then, let me play one of my favorite one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs uh, while we're waiting because it's a full moon and uh, I don't know if you're feeling superstitious but I am I can hear you. Can oh, you hear me? Yes. All right. Let me turn you up a little bit. All right. Yeah. What's going on All with this right. tsunami? What's going on yeah, with this cyclone? Right? I actually just got back because oh, I've got like a bunch of food just in case. <sighs> so kind of scary and weird at the same time. We're in lockdown. I, mode. At first I was like, I'm like, okay, I'll just go. Can you still hear me? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was like going because, you know, I love to ride my bike now. And I'm looking at the sky. I'm like, I think I can make it. I think I can. And I'm like, no, I can't make it. I've been looking at the Weather Channel all day. So 
Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, for those who live in the Pacific Northwest and parts of California. We got some weird weather coming. Global warming at its finest. Global wedding. Yeah. And hopefully, like, if it's, uh, they'll let you probably perform inside tonight. So I would I think, I mean, <laughs> I would hope if it's going to be a cyclone. I, I, I was just wondering, they must be being hyperbolic. They must be saying, everybody freak out because why not? Let's freak out about weather. It does, it does feel that way a little bit. But seeing as I'm looking at the weather or the yeah. radar, because, you know, I like to always check your sources, ladies and gentlemen. I was like, oh, shit, that is a storm system. Oh, shit, that's in the Pacific. Oh, shit, there's cyclones in the Pacific. And then, of course, the last oh, shit would be, oh, shit, global warming. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need water, though, in California. We're always in a drought. Right. And so that is the positive side. But here's the downside. So it's supposed to be raining um uh, all the way, I believe, till Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we are going to possibly get mudslides. Oh. So that's, I was worried about that for those people who live on those, that have those million dollar homes on those cliffs, li living over the seaside, oh, you know? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you're driving around Highway 1. Don't. And you, yeah, don't. <laughs> don't go anywhere. I'm, Stay I'm in your house. Pet your cat, <laughs> take care of your dog, make a listen smoothie. Listen to a mutiny podcast. Yeah, listen to a bunch of podcasts. Watch your... And ladies and gentlemen, Pam did survive the mutiny comedy festival. So let's, if I was in studio, yeah. I would give you an 80 slow clap hand. Thank you. Thank ah, you. You're welcome. You were there on Saturday night, right? Yeah, I went to all three shows, the one in the day at Atlas and then Milk Bar, and then OMG was See, the last one. Yeah, I remember doing my costume change at OMG. I remember getting my dress zipped up, and that's about it. Like, I remember being at the bar and <laughs> drinking a drink that had pomegranate seeds in it, and I was like, this is not like me. And um, <laughs> I remember, I, I don't really remember, I don't remember doing jokes on stage. I was told that I hosted admirably. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't eat all day, so... I was no, no, I know, I, again. I know that happened. Well, I just, I had half a bagel with you cream cheese. You looked cute in that in black morning. dress, by the way. Thank you very much. You looked cute in that black dress. You're I appreciate welcome. that. Um, yeah. and I think I had positive interactions with a lot of people. And the bummer is that I don't remember the positive interactions. So there were some people there that I've had negative interactions with in the past, and I actually believe I had some positive interactions, but now I don't remember them. So now I'm like, fuck. Now this person thinks that well, we're having positive interactions, and I'm like, no, it's not fair because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the shows at Atlas in the day. That was really cool. Yeah, you know the fact that you have, you know, especially it, it fell on that festival, which helped a lot. So now people know that they'll be, you know, every Saturday afternoon, you know, have a mimosa and some comedy. Yeah, and so that was really cool, you know, and. Yeah, they have a covered I, uh, they have a covered patio too in back that we never use. Right. And if it if it's crazy and raining and whatever, we'll just do it back there. I'm sure it's fine because, you know, that's how we'll do it. Rain or yeah. shine, we'll you'll, do it outside. Be utilized. Yeah, but, yeah. Here so. comes a cyclone. So what else is <laughs> what else is going on? Because honestly, I have no idea what happened in the world. I was so oh. immersed for a week. 
in okay. comedy that I have no idea at all. I mean, what's happening in Texas? I do jokes about it, but has anything progressed or with the abortion thing? Oh, well, thing? no. So, so uh, let's see. As of right now, what's going on in Texas is basically the same shit. Well, right now, they're really trying to pull, be like really hardcore about voter suppression. Um do especially because now that they're trying to you know do the six-week abortion ban thing so they're really trying to put a stranglehold especially in like now you got a lot of affluent white communities that are mad man they're mad because how dare you take away my rights as a woman well bitch maybe if you've been paying attention a little bit more like i said before when they come after us they're going to come after you next yeah so then on top of that in Texas, what else is going on is they are uh, governor stupid ass Abbott is trying to ban uh, companies from making sure people are vaccinated. <gasps> what? Yeah. What is the. And so which, by the way, you know, some of these corporations, you know, those are private businesses. So they have the right to do what they want as a private business. What in that? Isn't that what the Republican Party said when it happened? What happened to the gay couple that wanted their uh, wedding right cake? the wedding cake? And they said, "Well, it's a private business. They can serve. They can exactly. make cakes for whoever they want. And if they don't want to make cakes for you, there it is. You know, so no shoes, no shirt, kind of, no service, no gays. Right, which is this terrible. Would kind of go into the territory, correct? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. That you, but you should be required." Everyone should be getting vaccinated unless there's a serious medical issue that, or unless you're pregnant. Well, now, now, well, now here's another thing. So um, now we have, we're going to be having a police shortage nationwide. Here in the San Francisco, the police department here in San Francisco is now losing, right now, 40 police officers who don't want to be vaccinated, which... (gasps) I'm okay with that. You know why? Because those are usually the racist ones. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> yesterday, so I openings. Yeah, well, I saw some cute cops yesterday. So yesterday, when I was walking through Civic Center, they had everything blocked off. They weren't letting the questionably housed have their market or do their heroin or whatever they do. They weren't allowing that. They blocked it all off. But they blocked it all off with cute young cops. Oh my God! There was this tall Latino. He was a doll, and there was this little blonde, and I walked by him, and I was like, oh, my God, they brought all the cute cops out today. What is going on? And he smiled. He took his mask down and smiled at me, and I was like, oh, my God, the police need to make a calendar and put you in it. And I thought, if you get a white cop to smile and you're a woman, I I think I just did good for the whole city. I mean, come on. I was kind to a cop. I basically sexually harassed a cop, and he liked it. He smiled so brightly. I've never seen a cop smile like that. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe we just need to flirt with more cops to make them nicer. Maybe they're having a bad day because they think that everyone thinks they're ugly, horrible people. And these ones were really cute. So whatever San Francisco's doing, like, thank you. More cute cops. Well. Well, you better hope that he's not going to be one of the ones putting his resignation in. I hope not. Because now, so, so far as of yesterday, there have been 40 cops in the San Francisco Department, um, the police department, excuse me, um, who have quit. But nationwide, 
it's it's also happening nationwide now because people where, don't um, want to vax right Wow. Uh, here, I, I the and there's some it. serious like misinformation and conspiracy floating around the internet about vaccinations. I mean, and it starts from before, you know, it starts with years ago when Jenny McCarthy, was it Jenny McCarthy? Was saying like, don't yes. vaccinate your children because that's going to give them autism. And it's like, okay, so do you want everyone to get polio and measles and mumps and rubella and TB and... Do you, do we want to have these, I mean, do we want another plague? Is that what we're looking for? Is like, you know, three fourths of the population to die? Is that, do we really? Come on. So there's, but there's a lot of misinformation out there about vaccinations right now that like they can make right. you infertile, that they can, I mean, all these crazy things. Like, you know, here's the thing about any kind of medication that we take that it, you know, the food that we eat kills us. Mm. The weed that sometimes that we smoke that might have some kind of pesticides in it, mm. which you got to be careful with you pot smokers, um, that could hurt us, the paper that it's in, the soda pops that people drink, all that sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many birth control. There's defects with that. You know, there are a lot of things out here that can kill us. Sure. But... You people don't, I guess people don't know how to do math anymore. Whereas, if you know, you have to look at the probability of how many versus how many of these people have survived, or you know, and so on and so forth. Again, I'm not a person that trusts a hundred uh, Western uh, medicine 100 percent. You know, I still think the cure of cancer and AIDS is somewhere found in the Amazon, and they already <laughs> yeah. have it, they're just not sharing it, you know. So, I just, I but also at the same time, we've seen this even in our parents and our lifetime have certain things get eradicated. I don't know why I always have to bring up polio, for example, yeah, yeah. which paralyzed does like millions of children. Yeah, our, our president, our, the president, our president, FDR was in like at a, uh, had polio and the vaccination came out in 1958. Huh. And so we since since that vaccination came out, polio had basically been eradicated until recently, until, like you said, Jenny McCarthy, this trend about the anti-vax moms, and you started to see an uptick of measles, which, again, was once eradicated. Yeah. You know, or at least had a small number of, of, um, of people having that so-called disease. So it, it missed me with the bullshit on certain things. Yes, there is a lot of misinformation. That's the reason why we as adults, and especially if you have children, have to do the research. It's like being in college again, you guys. You got to do your research. Always look over your work. Always <laughs> get a second opinion. Edit that shit. Comma. Semicolon. Right. Period. Well, no, the kids these days, they don't edit. They're like, my first effort is good enough. It doesn't matter. It, second drafts are really hard for people that have been trained and raised that their first effort is beautiful and perfect and good enough. That, you know, good enough is good enough. And don't tell them it's not good enough because then that'll give them a complex. And it's like, or... So this would be... Yeah. <clears throat> this would be the parents and then those who are adults who yeah. are just too freaking lazy yeah. 
to look up this information. We have so much information in our hands in contrast to everyone else in the past. Yeah. That it's unfreaking believable. Even but, even myself in the past. I mean, I had to look things up in high school. There was no internet. I had to look things up in books, in encyclopedias, in in uh, you know microfiche, looking at um, old newspaper in, articles, encyclopedias, and looking things yes. up. Exactly, like actual research, looking for you know specific resources and and. I what were those things in, in the library that you would look up um, old newspaper articles? Yeah, that was that was microfiche. There's microfilm Micro, and microfiche. Microfilm. Yeah. Yes. And they had them, you know, depending both. And you could, and it slides, or zoom, 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 and you'd look. And they exactly. had all the newspapers. They kept them, you know. And now everything's and digitized. Right. And that was I think that using your brain in that way to find the materials and find out. And, and put together your own ideas. I mean, that's it's lost now. That's why it's like everything is propaganda. When you put anything into the Google search bar, it's going to tell you what it already knows what you want to hear. It, it's really hard to find, you know, things deep on the internet because the internet is almost gentrified it's or rigged. it's 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 rigged. It's, it's rigged to you. Like the, my right. internet and all the ones I use, they know my search history. They know they know what I look up. They know that I look at the Magic 8-Ball app like every day and make most of my major life decisions by it uh, because they're trying but to target ads. Going... Right. And the thing is, like, we just ha we just found out a couple weeks ago with the whistleblower at Facebook, oh. which a lot of us knew about um, what Facebook was doing. They were making money off, like, a lot of these people boasting up propaganda and these right-wing anti-vaxxers and the uh, white supremacy outlets, you know? They were that was that was kind of they're getting their bread and butter from that. And so, you know, the thing is, I don't get my media from like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. I'll watch some things on YouTube like the Young Turks or uh, Roland Martin and certain news. But I will also read other things, right. you know, but you also but here's the thing. And this is going to go back to what you just said. Everything is. There's so much propaganda, you don't know what is factual anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that, but that's when if we always come back to this. The critical thinking was taken out of schools. Yeah. So that is a big problem that we have. And that, oh boy, 20 years ago, people said, you better be cautious with cautious with that because if we don't have critical thinking in schools, the world is going to be a disaster. Well, flash forward and here we are but then what do we have to say about the baby boomers who are the ones who are just really into who are the ones that told us don't believe everything that you see right. on television exactly don't believe everything you read don't believe everything question authority all now that it's stuff. don't believe everything that you see with your own eyes right well, you can't. It's not real. I mean, how many filters are on the Instagrams? None of it is. But it wasn't real even before, you know, even bef even before uh, Photoshop or filters or whatever. When they when women were skinny little models and they actually looked that way, there was still it, there was anyways constant pressure to be something we well, aren't because that's how they sell us things. Is the they figured us out? The way you sell things to people is to say with. If you get this, you'll be like this. You want to be like this, right? This is what you want to be. So if you buy this, you can be that. 
instead of looking intrinsically at yourself and saying, how can I be the way I want to be as myself? Oh no, I'm going to slap this external thing on myself. And that's what will make me be perceived as more. I don't know why people think that going to Instagram or Facebook is a great way to get a doctor's recommendation of not to take something that could kill you or will kill you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of talking to the experts or reading the uh, the American Science of Health, which a lot of people don't know that book, it's really disappointing. <laughs> well, instead, you just you know, someone else has an opinion and you go, well, that's obviously truth because Kimmy from you know, dustbunny.org or whatever said <laughs> vaccinations give you cancer. And you're like, oh, geez, that sounds like a true thing. Also, those are cute <laughs> shoes. I want to buy those. But you got the point right there. It's you all to really sell to us. For- it's if, if there's, that's the whole thing. They're grabbing all the anti-vaxxers together. Like, what can they sell them? They're going to have to sell them something <laughs> once they all get COVID, the Delta or whatever. I mean... It's a real disease. Yeah. Uh, I was just on that last Zoom call with the poetry people, and one of the poetry guys said he's just recovering from COVID. And oh. he, he was super wheezy, and it was awful. And he wrote a story about it, and it was really good. But um, it's still out there. And was he vaccinated? Was he vaccinated, too? I don't know. I didn't ask him that, but he's in England, so I think that they all are vaccinated over there. I think that's a thing that they've been doing. But I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't ask. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> oh yeah, he probably it's, it's was. Kind of like one of those personal things. It's like almost like, oh, did you? Uh, are you on birth control or right, not? Right. You know. It's like why is say that to well, And I wonder why. Our our vaginas, our our reproductive system, our genitals have been politicized and uh, ec- economized. Oh, I mean, I guess with Viagra, they've done it to men, but still, um, but. There's, there's a large scale social, economic, and uh, and political component to our genitals, and it's not. I don't like that. I, I don't. They don't politicize the penis. Like everyone talks about it, like it's the best thing ever. But you know, now women don't have volition over their own reproductive system, and the politics are inside our uteruses, and and there's, it's uh, the patriarchy is real, man. Yeah. So we're also watching men destroy everything. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My thing fell off. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And they're so, it's just so funny. They're so violent. So when I, uh, a drunk man's actions or a sober man's thoughts, you know, man, whatever. And uh, last night I had a couple beers and I was, you know, but I was with a couple other people that had had a couple beers. And my tendency when I get a little drunk is to be happy and to talk to people and be nice. And a lot of times, and I don't want to say just men, because I don't want to be hyperbolic about this, but um, they contend toward violence. And um, a comedian last night beat up a 57-year-old guy, like, in front of me. And I was so angry what? at this person. I know. He said, he, lit, he dropped a lit cigarette down my back. And I was like, okay, but you're also kind of a dick. And... 
and then to beat him up like he did this whole like karate thing and kicked him and the guy fell down and I was like you're a mean terrible person and then the old guy like came and sat down with me and I had some chocolates and we were talking and discussing what happened and this particular comedian came out and was like get out get out of here get the fuck out and like shoot him off and kind of kicked him away and I was like I was talking with that guy and I was fine with him like what the so anyways, I have to have a conversation with that person. Or maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just let it go and just not talk to them anymore. I don't know what to do about it. But men when they're men when they're drunk have a tendency to violence. And I think that that's and I'm being so general about it, but why do we have wars and shit? I mean, you can go back to you can go back to Aristophanes, you can go back to the Greek plays and when um Lysistrata when all the women withheld sex and the women were being played by men back then but the women withheld sex and they stopped all the wars and that was a play that was written like 4,000 years ago so I, it's just, just funny to me that we've had this concept for a long time that men tend to tend toward violence and yet we're still letting it happen I don't know where that rant came oh, from yeah. and violence against women I mean because you saw something last night. It's awesome. That's where it came from. Violence against trans people, violence against old people. Man, why would you beat up an old person? Like, I don't care. Here's, if somebody here's, here's what I have to say. Fifty seven is not old. Oh. Throwing a cigarette down my back will get your ass beat. But here's one thing. There's a difference to defending myself and just now I'm I'm going to basically try to pummel you to death kind yeah. of thing. There's two, there's two, I mean, there's a difference. Because then at this point, if you got the person off of you, there was no blood out there was there on the ground. There was no blood involved. You know. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. But you know, the thing is you have to be careful because there are some old people, like I've seen some stuff uh not too long ago where, you know, a homeless guy got in this uh, older homeless guy got in this young guy's face and put his hands on his forehead, his finger in that forehead, you know, because when you put that finger on the forehead, that means, oh, I'm going to have to beat your ass for just give me, just give me one moment. And because you put your hands on someone, I have the right to defend myself and put my hands on you. Huh. That's how I roll. Mm. But this guy, he did, he was older. He had he put his hands on this younger gentleman, and what the younger gentleman did was just shove him onto the ground. Sure, which was nothing. But then people got mad at the younger guy for shoving him on the ground, and I'm like, "Yo, that gentleman put his hands on that younger gentleman." So, and he wasn't. This guy was like a drug addict, probably in his fifties or sixties. Mm. So, but he knew better. But then again, there's also the other side, you know what I'm saying, where it's just like you defend it yourself. You got your point across. Okay, leave, the man's already down, okay? Yeah. The man is already down. You're, you're done. So. I just, I just hate violence in any forms. I mean, I've had in my mind violent thoughts, but I know that there's no point in carrying them out because – that would make me look so bad. It would look so bad. I, I just can't imagine being a physical aggressor. Like, no matter how mad 
I mean, people have made there. There are some people who have made me so angry that I, oh, I'm almost to that point where I. But Sesame Street taught me well, you know, like <laughs> it really did. It's like don't fight, take the higher road. Because even when I yell at people, I end up looking like the asshole, you know. So see, my thing is, if you if you put your hands on me. Right. That's when I'm like, okay, so now we're going to have to swing. I'm going to have to throw hands back at you. Yeah. I'm not the aggressor. I'm not the shit starter. Because sure. I don't like confrontation myself. I don't like I mean, that. What does that mean? I don't. People who go around looking to fight other people and bully fear muscles, those are the weakest people. They have something to prove. Well, it's that and, it's the humiliation. They enjoy humiliating other people. I finally figured it out with well, bullies. Bullies get a good feeling when someone else is humiliated. That makes them mm-hmm. feel awesome. And yes. Because it's low self-esteem. Because they have, right. So they're like, ooh, I humiliated. Cause I, and I, I see it now. It took, me, it took me all this time until I was 47 to realize that when people bully me, it's that the reaction that I give them being, ha- feeling shame or humiliation or being upset that they like that because they affected me right that makes them feel good but the thing is you can affect people positively you don't have to affect them negatively i i don't want anyone i don't ever want to make anyone feel humiliated like because because i've been in the i've been in the position of being a teacher and being in charge and being a leader you don't want to humiliate you don't i mean you don't I guess you can get somewhere with humiliation and shame and fear, but I'd rather like be helpful and build people up. I, I I take more joy personally in that feeling of facilitating and helping people than I do from yeah. breaking them down and making them feel less than me. People who get pleasure out of humiliating others through ple- uh, and pain are sociopaths. Uh, Those are the ones who are the sociopaths. Yeah. And so, you know, they're always the ones that love the pain and the misery of other people. Right. And get a pleasure out of it. And so, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I'm always about like, hey, you know, I, the only, my, basically my way of handling situations rather than fighting is to humiliate them, to make them feel stupid mm. rather than put my hands on them, you know, because mm. I don't fight. I mean, the last time I fought, I think Bill Clinton was president. So yeah, I was like in second <laughs> or third grade. So it was a long, long time ago. I was like a kid, literally, like the last time I physically fought somebody. I mean, you know, I haven't. I'm, it's just not my thing. It's, now I will I will say that I enjoy so for example the um I, I enjoy being like I told you so or yeah. I enjoy being <laughs> right in that I enjoy calling out when people have done something wrong the but I, I, mm-hmm. I'll call them out but I, I'm not going to out of context make them feel bad just to make them feel bad there's there's my it's almost like discipline it's almost like a reaction for example the, the host who did the shittiest open mic in the world a couple weeks ago, I wrote a huge diatribe. I didn't call their name out directly, but I did on the internet. And people who were there, they knew who I was talking about. 
And I even right. directly addressed that person and told them <laughs> why I just that it, it was fun to watch them fail so spectacularly because they humiliated me in the past. So I was like, ha ha, this is my opportunity to say, I've, you've made me feel shame and humiliation over all of these things. Well, this time you did something clearly wrong and I am pointing it out. And, Dude, and it felt good, but the, petty. It, it is, but it's called being, that's it, some Tom Petty stuff. It was fun. I love it. It was really fun. <laughs> but the, the problem was they never acknowledged <laughs> what I said. Like, I know they read it because I saw that the message was read. But it, I they think did not that's sometimes the best part, too, though, when they don't acknowledge it. It's not even maybe it stung all. to them, you know, maybe because those people who are humiliated, they're not they're not going to come back really with anything to say. I mean, well, the, the, the next thing, is, thing though, the next I, thing they said I, was hu to humiliate me. Like it was awful yesterday. I got a text out of nowhere and I was like, this, this is how you respond after all the, after all the, okay. All right. And it was, it was awful. They mentioned, they, they apologized and said, I'm sorry that you're having hot flashes and something. And that's like gross. That's oh. what you choose. That's what you the the one the thing that you know is going to make me feel bad. Oh. That's what you choose to acknowledge. From all the things I've written on Facebook, yes, lately, not my success with the festival, not the goodie bags, or how I got to perform on the main stage at Noise Pop, or all the different shows, or how I did so well, blackout drunk, being a really good host. None of that. But the one thing they respond to is, I'm. It's, I'm sorry you're having hot flashes, which is the one thing they knew would, would humiliate me because I was talking about how my age is gross and humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the sociopath at work that's like, ooh, this is a person I can get. I can get him every time. <laughs> and it's like putting their finger you know in what? a wound. It's awful. Yeah. Those, those are the people that are usually hurt, though. Those are the mm. people who are hurt. Who don't that hide behind this bravado of like being cocky, which most of the time those people who are cocky don't have anything to offer anyone. Mm. Like no peace of mind, no positivity. You know, those are usually the miserable fuckers. Mm. You know, so it's just. Uh, I mean, people can be ugly. They really can for no apparent reason. Well, you don't know what's happening to them, you know? There's so much stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. I mean... I, I don't make excuses for mean assholes, though. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But things I mean, can... And not this particular mean asshole, but things can get misinterpreted. I understand. And, like, there's a d depression people are dealing with. There's all kinds... I think all of us have all of this baggage that we're oh, carrying around. And especially through COVID, because right. we didn't necessarily... We couldn't unpack our bags and repack and buy new clothes, metaphorically speaking. So we've been dragging around these huge luggage-filled bags, and there's been no one to unpack it with. Like, I've had you on Wednesdays throughout the whole COVID, so that's been great. But there's a lot of people who haven't had the opportunity or the ability to, like, unpack and, and decompress from what's happening in their lives and what's happening around them. And now there's a cyclone happening and, you know, people are depressed <laughs> and scared and, you know, I'm going through menopause. Broke. They're broke. broke. I know. <laughs> and 
drinking too much, not drinking enough, having relationships, fucking people over, being, I mean, all, all of it's just all happening. And we now know what's going on in other people's lives. My, the, the thing is, though, you always, though, have to put things in perspective, especially if you have your health. If you have, if you're alive and breathing, Mm -hmm. if you have your eyesight, if you have a roof over your head, like there's just certain things that, you know, and you know, like, yes, depression, a lot of us are going through it and anxiety, but I also don't want to put that energy on innocent people who don't deserve that, who could make my day better, who could just one thing that they say could turn it all around for me, because I do believe in that. You know, I don't believe in misery, love and company because, bitch, I could be miserable by myself. I know. I feel like (laughs) and especially during the festival, I felt like I was complaining so much and I hate to be that person. And I catch myself doing it. I'm like, look, you you know, a positive mental attitude, uh, PMA, PMA, same letters as PAM. I'm positive (laughs) attitude mental, um, but positive mental attitude. And I like then that. keeping that Hell. going, yeah, because it's my perspective that makes things good, or positive or negative. What's happening is happening. The skew I put on it from my own lens is what makes it positive or negative. And then it's my energy behind it that pushes that thought forward. So, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of energy to push. So when I'm pushing negative energy, holy shit, it's negative. And sometimes I can channel it on stage and it's like, people are like, damn girl, anger is your secret weapon. What are you crunching? Are you eating oh. kale chips? No, okay. I'm actually was crunch. I was rolling a bag of gummy bears up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Get those gummies on yeah. board, baby doll. Um, um, yeah. But I mean, the it's, thing is, it's just like, I don't know. Okay, There's here's here's my here's my metaphor is that we and our energy are a fan. But mm-hmm. we can be having a fan on an ice cube which can make things cold and yucky and damp and moist. Or we could have the fan push heat and everybody's warm and toasty and nice. Or mm-hmm. we could just have the fan blow air, right? <laughs> And then it depends mm-hmm. on the person. It depends if the person is sweaty or cold or hot, how that how our energy affects them. But mm-hmm. I oftentimes put an ice cube in front of my fan. And so it's just, but which is not, but sometimes from the perspective, that's nice in the summer. If it's hot, it's like a swamp cooler. So you, <laughs> but the energy like pushes whatever the feeling is and affects other people. And so you know, right. being negative doesn't, and it's, you catch more flies with honey than with a stick or whatever, but it, it's, it's true that, I mean, if you want to accomplish task, being negative about it is not the best way to accomplish said task, especially if you want to rope other people into it. And, and right. Yeah. Trying to always fight people and stuff and want to argue. I can't be around people like that. But I, I do Ooh. that when I'm like, why aren't you doing this instead of thank you for doing this? And well, I'm wondering if you because, can also accomplish this. <laughs> but that's awesome. Was that because you're in the middle of a festival that you put together? And so the circumstances is you're running it. So that comes with the territory. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm going to appreciate all of you guys and say thank you and what have you. 
I think that's a little bit different. I, I, I'd like to think so, but not necessarily because it's still my attitude. I can make the, I can make my hard work super fun or I can make my hard work super arduous. The hard work is still the same. It's my positive mental attitude or negative mental attitude that I attach to it. I'm just trying to learn. I mean, I'm getting older now and I recognize some of my behaviors from when I was younger were like, but this is the way I feel and this is the way I feel and that's it. And there's no way I can change it. There's no way I can change the way I feel because this is the way I feel that it's like, I can acknowledge an emotion and not necessarily push it out with so much rancor. Like I can say, Oh, this is a real feeling. I feel disappointed and I can express disappointment without being like, fuck all of you. All fucked me over. I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> like that doesn't get anything across, right? Except that I'm a bitch. Whereas I can. And, and you're a puss and you're a pussy because you're not, you're not being with honest with yourself. Right. You're taking it out on other people. Right. When you do that. Yeah. And I could, or I could acknowledge my own disappointment, which is probably with myself and not with the people around me. And then, and then that's better. But I get, you know, I get, I, I get so butthurt and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to acknowledge things that are happening at the time. And then when I want to go back and discuss them, I feel dumb and I just let it go. And then because I didn't discuss it, I let it build in my mind. And then later I exploded a person for no reason and they have no idea what's going on because I never dealt with the initial issue which might have even happened like three weeks mm -hmm. ago, right? So I'll take things that happened weeks ago, and because I never dealt with them, I'll bring them out at a time. Right. Where the person's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> We've talked like, about this. You don't live in yes. my head? You don't live inside my head? <laughs> how do you not know mm -hmm. how I have OCD and I've been perseverating on this for three weeks and I finally figured out how to say it to you? <laughs> We've talked about this. So I, I know I'm a, I'm a crazy person. I'm not a crazy. I don't want to use that pejorative term. You're I, not a crazy person. You don't go around starting fights with people. No, that shit's crazy. Right. No. The and the <laughs> the gossip. Oh my god. That's one of I my. Mean, in order, in order to to survive in today's society, you have to be a little bit nutty. Yeah. You, you have to be. You have to have a little bit some kind of cray in you. And there's different healthy labor, uh, healthy le levels to being crazy, you know. So, not all crazy is bad. That's the way I've always felt. I try to focus it and let it out on stage, especially if I'm having, like, a particularly, I'm having particularly volatile feelings that I don't know how to express. Mm -hmm. I find that doing it on stage is the best way. So if I'm like, yeah super pissed at somebody and I go up on stage and I just like I just have this my voice just gets like I'm so mad but when I'm not talking about that person I'm talking about something completely different but it's the energy I put behind it and mm -hmm. I don't know I just I wish I wish I knew a safe I, I have so much rage inside me and so much disappointment and I, I wish I had healthier ways to express disappointment because it's a real feeling when people disappoint you and when they let you down and when you feel that something they were supposed to do they didn't accomplish and it, and it hurt you in some way I, I mean that hurt that's that's a real feeling and I, I hate to I've been taught as a child to just scrub it over like you when I was little my mom right. said you look so ugly when you're angry and I think she said mm -hmm. to me to that in the car when I was like seven or eight 
so ugly when you're angry. And and what that taught me was girls don't express anger because it's ugly and your worth as a person, as a girl, is how you look. And if you look ugly, no one will love you. <laughs> so like oh, I got, if you're angry, easy. so what I got out of it is if you're angry, no one loves you. Because if you're angry, you look ugly and no one loves ugly people. So those all things go I'm together. I'm scared of that. Of looking ugly, oh. I am too. I'm terrified of being ugly. I'm, which is why I've always smiled. Which is why when when men catcall me on the street or when they say inappropriate things, I will invariably smile at them, only because that's how I was taught to deal with aggression and anger and rage and not feeling safe and not feeling that my feelings are safe. Is that you just smile and look pleasant. <clears throat> And everything will blow over in the end. But don't don't be angry. Don't express anger. And don't look angry because it's ugly. And nobody right. likes ugly Young people. ladies don't get angry. Right. They don't look, it doesn't look good on their face. It doesn't. I mean. It, it'll, it'll age you. Right. Those are uh-huh, uh-huh. some of the. I was told that things. frowning, frowning makes you age faster. Exactly. That's one of the ones. Yeah. Yes. Just silent, See, that, pretty girls. Is, exactly. Exactly. Don't say anything. Just sit there and be pretty and cross your legs. Don't question when people might touch you or do things to you in inappropriate ways. Don't say anything because then you're dirty and no one will love you because you're somehow dirty now because you've been, because you know something was wrong, but they're an adult and you've been, I feel so terrible for people who've been abused mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it. It's just like, because of course all of your trust issues as an adult, like, I have so many trust issues with people because, uh, I mean, relationships I've had through my life have dissolved and don't exist anymore. And I feel abandoned. And a lot of it is that I've abandoned those relationships as well, but they're not climbing back. They're not running back to me being like, oh, let's heal this stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'm 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 a lone wolf. Cats don't run in packs, you know. <laughs> it's fine. Why is that? Why do I see that like as a bumper sticker T-shirt? Cats don't run cats in packs. Cats don't run in packs. Well, house cats I know don't. I don't know. Do tigers? I mean, lions are in a pride, but it's all the women. There's the men. Lions are all the men. Lion. They're all alone. Um, yeah, exactly. Wolves run in packs. They die. Wolves run in packs unless they're a lone wolf, unless they've been excommunicated from the pack, and then they have to survive on their own, um, because the pack has negated them. So, (sighs) but it's okay. Well, here's the thing: solitude is not loneliness. Loneliness and solitude are two completely different concepts, and I think that I have a lot of solitude. And I sometimes mistake that for loneliness, but I'm not. I don't need the presence of another person to make me feel complete. And I think that that's the line that I was sold as a kid is that, and codependency, almost every single relationship I've ever had has been deeply, deeply codependent. My marriage, my, any of my long-term relationships have all been deeply codependent in that there are expectations on both sides of people and that we have to fulfill maybe all marriage is codependent maybe marriage just is codependency and so people choose to do that 
And then there are people who choose to be autonomous. And that's kind of where I want to be now is in a But you can also be lonely in a marriage too. That you see, know. that's true. If that's you're not true. communicating your needs and your needs right. aren't being met. Right. You could be lonely. And even in a relationship, you could be lonely where it's just like, I'm so, you think you're comfortable. You're settling. That's at that, that's I, at that point. You're just settling. I just don't think I know how to ask to have my needs met. I think that that's, I think that's the main problem is that I have difficulty expressing my needs because I'm afraid they're going to be too much for people and they won't want to do them. And then I'll feel rejection um, for trying to have my needs met. I have difficulty you know, with self-care and fulfilling my own needs. I have difficulty with feeding myself. You know, I have difficulty in taking care of myself. I, I do. I mean, I'm trying my best, but that those are, those are definitely issues for me. But uh, I still, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't ask for things. I, I, ex that's, and this is the wrong mindset. I, I accept gifts, but I never ask mm -hmm. for things. Because I don't want to feel like I'm burdening anyone. Or, okay, here's the perfect example right now. It's, uh, the, he who shall not be named now works two doors, three doors up from me on the same street. And there's all these right. things, uh, there's all these issues that I want to work out. But the thing is, he's not coming to me to work out issues. So I don't want to go no. to him because I don't want to look like I'm stalking. I'll, I never go in that place when he's working because I don't want to step on his toes and I don't want to look like I'm coming into his workplace to cause trouble <laughs> or to, and you shouldn't go there and I shouldn't go there it, because I, so I just feel like I don't, I'm, I'm putting up a boundary where I'm like, I would never go to a person's place of work like that because that'll make me look like a crazy stalker. Like, People know my doors. Plus, I don't think he gives you the respect that you deserve. So, yeah. So I'm af I'm afraid. I won't even when I walk by. I'll walk on the other side of the street because I just I don't want to insert myself somewhere where my presence isn't wanted. You know, I like to be right. asked into a conversation. I like for people to engage me, so I know that they want to be engaged. Because I'm so afraid of engaging with people and having them think I'm crazy or a stalker or that what I'm thinking is, or that I'm inappropriate or that I'm something, whatever it is. I just, I don't want to feel like I'm ever forcing myself or my presence upon anyone. If they want to see me, they can come to me. I don't reach out to people. Do you know? Like, Oh yeah. That's, uh, that's how I roll. You know, unless it's something that I have to fix that I create it. I will be the bigger person and do it. But if you've hurt my feelings and you've done me wrong, you can kiss my ass. You're, you're going to be coming to me for apology or this just might be the end of it until then. Right. You know, I'm not going to be the one with egg all over my face by humiliating myself because I want to be accepted by you I just or the, an individual or what have you. I don't want to make anything worse. That's it. I just, I want to have, I want to have manageable relationships in my life that make me feel supported and uplifted, that don't make me feel humiliated and shameful. That's it. And I, I don't think that's too much to ask. Although I guess what it means is that if I, in interactions with people where I feel shame and humiliation, 
I just not I just need to not interact with them anymore. And that's the bottom line is that but then I feel like I'm not interacting with I think the problem is I hang out with way too many comedians who have no <laughs> they have they're all sociopaths. Not all. I'm so hyper. See, I'm one of them too. I'm hyperbolic. I'm like it's all or nothing. Everyone's good, nobody's good. And that's not the way the life works. There's it's good and bad. You gotta have balance. Yeah. Learn to live. Learn to give each other what we need to survive. Together alive. <laughs> Ebony <laughs> and Ivory. Okay, there it is. I knew that's what you were saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> need some Lionel Richie. <laughs> nope, that's Stevie Wonder. I'm sorry. Lionel Richie. Uh, no, Richie it's Stevie, Stevie Wonder. It's Stevie, it's Wonder. Tiny, Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney. Right. Not to be confused yes. with say, say, say what you want, but don't leave room. Uh, my yeah, that's a good one, too. That's uh, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Man, he got around. Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's right when Michael Jackson, I'm going to take your catalog, Paul. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm having a hot flash. Having a hot flash. A tropical hot flash. Hot flash. <laughs> having a hot flash. I'm all sweaty in between I'm... my boobs. Boob, boob. It's you better go splash some water on your chest. Oh my god. It's I, I'm well, I'm already so wet, like it's I hate it when I hate the sweating. That's the other thing. You know I hate I used to run ten Ks. I've won. I've won ten Ks. I didn't even sweat this much when I was running six point two miles. I never sweat as much as I'm sweating now, like right now, like all night, like all the time. I've never drank this much water in my life. It's just at least you're hydrating. That's the good. That's the good part. I've got to. Know? I've got to because I. I mean, I went. I realized I was going almost like eight hours without peeing, but it's because I'm sweating so much. And at oh night, God. at night, like, I I have to drink water. I've never had to have a bottle of water by my bed like this. And I, I will drink the, like a 22-ounce, 24-ounce bottle of water in the middle of the night, and I don't get up to go pee because I'm sweating it out. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm doing menopause talk. It's it's a part of life, ladies and gentlemen. It is. And that's the other thing. I'm supposed to be having these interactions with all these men under 30 that I'm supposed to be appropriate and normal. And it's like I'm – they can't understand what's happening in my body. Like – and I'm supposed to just keep all this in, like all of this anger at my body for making me go through this rage at the world for not caring and at society for thinking it's gross. And and I'm supposed to be this kind, generous, loving, interactive person. And I'm like sweating and on fire and I feel crazy. My emotions, I was, I cry I'm crying it's saved by the bell. Like I'm watching all the say <laughs> Seriously, I'm a I'm a basket case right now. And it's and I know why it's happening. I know that this is physiological. I know this is happening inside my body. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I can right. do about it. And I feel rage about that too. You know, that this doesn't happen to my, men. I remember when my mom was going through it. It was like um like probably like my junior, senior year in high school. And so she was just being a mean old bitch. Like anything I would say, she would snap. And thank God it was like not going to be, you know, you know, I was not home too often because, you know, I was on a job. I worked yeah. and, you know, was in high school and had after school activities and stuff. 
Had to so go to that like, McDonald's and see R. Kelly every time he stopped by. <laughs> oh, I didn't live in Chicago then. Oh, oh I thought you were God, telling me a story. You, you knew the McDonald's that he picked up all the girls at. Oh, no, I, I did because he tried to pick up my friend when she was 14 back oh. in the early 90s. So, yeah, that is true. But I was this is when I was living in Springfield, though. Okay. Or no, St. Louis. My bad. Uh, but yeah, I just remember her mood swings and like she would be funny one minute and then she starts sweating. And then I was like, ooh, that demon's coming out. Mm. So that's when I knew I would like, go downstairs into and to the TV room and just be down there. Hide. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, I looked it up and the, it, it, what happens is that your the blood vessels in your skin for whatever, all your blood goes to your skin. It's like It's like if a guy has uncontrollable erections when he's 13 and in class all of a sudden his dick is hard it's the same thing like the basal dilation except it's in your arms chest face neck all of that for me it's just my entire back of my knees like everything just gets slick but it's that it's almost like if you were the, the only equivalent i think metaphorically is prepubescent boys getting boners for no reason and it being you having no control over it you don't know when it's going to happen it just happens your zipper brush is funny and like oh there you go like for me all of a sudden whoosh, like out of nowhere and you know and i have to i've never had to take this many showers wash my hair this much wash my sheets i'm just wasting water i'm so glad the cyclone is coming to replace the water that i have ruined through uh, <laughs> through my menopausal acts, my perimenopausal. Let me do the language correctly. Well, anyway. the beautiful thing is with the rain coming, it'll wash away everything. Yeah. And the, no, it won't wash away everything. I, I mean, I just can't yeah. wait for this to be over. But then I'm scared because my skin's going to lose its elasticity. I'm going to, I hear once you're done with it, perimenopause or whatever, you age like boom you suddenly look really old like you you get this weird belly fat that you never got before like all these things in your body just go like up oh, all those hormones will go now i don't have to be attractive anymore i just melt like a candle still. you're going to be beautiful still don't worry about that oh my god i'm so vain you'll be okay uh, i'll be okay any last words, Pam? No, no, no. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, put some more Stevie Wonder on or something. <laughs> I'll put on. Actually, I'll probably well, put on. I some. am. You're going to class. What are I you doing? I am going. Oh, I actually am going to send this resume off Ooh. before five o'clock. Sweet. So I am trying to do some job stuff. I actually wish I was in studio because I don't like. You know, I mean, I spent basically a whole year in the house, so why would I want to spend today? So I'm kind of disappointed. I'm like, man, I could have made it to the studio. So Saturday but night I was haven't... fun, though, right? I was, I mean, I seemed lucid. I didn't fun. seem like I was blackout drunk, right? I will say this much, girl. You needed some help going up on that stage. Oh, <laughs> I know. My moment. knees were so, my knees are so <laughs> busted up. I have these crazy bruises on my knees, and I was like, what happened to me? When I woke up, and I, I think it was that I must have, I tripped on the stage like a billion times. I was like, child. That... <laughs> but that was funny. 
And so I'm, I'm glad it was a success. And I, we all had fun on, um, what did, on Saturday. Saturday. Good. I'm so glad. I had fun. I mean, I had a great time. Um, I just, I'm so angry at myself for not eating and not remembering. Because it's the only, I really like to remember fun times. I really do. Always eat. I know. I just, I needed somebody to take care of me. And I, that's something I'll, if I ever do festivals in the future, it's something that I'm going to work in. I'm going to have an assistant who is strictly in charge of bringing me food. I will tell them what go. times, what places to show up. I will pay them. I will work it all out and I will organize it ahead of time because this year my main problem was that A, I didn't have a professional photographer and B, you did great though, and B, um, I, <laughs> I didn't feed myself and I could have gotten hurt and I could have gotten sick because I did not practice self-care during that week and I just go, 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 coffee, 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 drink, 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 drink. Uh, go, 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 and just not eating. And and that was my fault. And I can't blame anyone else for not taking care of me. Why didn't you take care of me? You could have taken care of me. No, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't work. I didn't work that in for myself. And that was a downfall. And and that's something I need to work in with my life anyway, is eating. Yeah. So. <laughs> Simple things like I know, food. I know. I know. So, I'm so ridiculous. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. Um, I hope to see you soon. I will be in studio next week. Fuck yeah. Good luck with the cyclone. Unless there's an earthquake. Oh my god. Don't even don't even start. Let me not let me not do that. You're right. See? Let me not put that energy out there. Good. That's bad. Oh, we're gonna shaky, shaky. I can't wait for the earthquake. All right, bear uh, don't everyone say could, that. I know, right. I know. I just did it again. Don't say it a third time. But good luck with the cyclone and I will Thank talk you to you soon. Too. You're the best. Bye. <laughs> No summer's high, no warm July, no harvest moon to light one tender August night, no autumn breeze, no falling leaves, not even
Brothers and sisters, just be thankful for what you've got, as little or as much as that may feel like. Be thankful for what you got was by Massive Attack. That is from the first album released in 1991, Blue Lines. Massive Attack was preceded by a track from the album, This Is For The White Of Your Eyes by Choir of Young Believers, and that was released in 2009. That track was Why Must It Always Be This Way. Before that, from 2016, Bonivar, and the album was named 22 A Million, Bonivar's album of last year, and we heard 33 God. And before 33 God by Bonnie Var, we heard a track from the album Between Waves, also a 2016 release. The album Leaf is the artist, and Never Far was the song. I'm never far from you. Well, it's true that mutinyradio.fm is never far from you. And if you live here in San Francisco, we are quite near. So I would like to remind you to come on down here for the... 42nd annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the first week of March, March 1 through 5. It's a great way to support the station and come to live events. Tickets are only $10. And you can support the station by continuing to listen to the morning train with your friend J.D. Buell. I appreciate it. Please share with Others, let's get a bit of rockin' now with Rocket from the Tombs.
Richard Lloyd, former member of television. That is from his album Real Time, believe it or not, recorded live at CBGB. And the track we heard was Pleading, Pleading with Richard Lloyd. Before that, Richard Lloyd as a member of Rocket from the Tombs, their 2011 album Barfly, and we heard the song Anna. We're going to move on now to the sounds of Gillian Welch.
When I stop dreaming, that's when I stop loving you. The Leuven Brothers song there, done by the Hayden triplets. That's Charlie Hayden's daughters, Tanya, Rachel, and Petra. The Hayden triplets album was released in 2014, When I Stop Dreaming. Before that, from 2011, the album by Gillian Welch named The Harrow and the Harvest, we heard The Way It Will Be. 
And the way it will be from here on out is that on the music on the morning train we're gonna move through a couple more sets before it's time to wrap it up for Brother Roman and the weekly report. So we'll get back to some more music here right after this. No, they don't bite. And uh and, well, <laughs> but then as you know, chinchillas or are mutated chinchillas like these, the blue mutants we call them. Has that because of their peculiar uh, coloration, Brad, that makes them so rare? Uh, no, they were first crossbred or introduced, as we say, by Alistair Blue, a munitions, ex a mutations expert, who's been into the raising of these little sweethearts. Be oh, oh, careful there! Is he getting? Is he getting away? Uh, that's all right. We get a lot more of them, and they do that, and that's part of the fun of raising them. And they're very clean, clean animals. I wanted to ask about that. They're very clean. And if they do mess, as we refer to it, they'll do it in their little cages, and it doesn't make any difference. And they dig a little hole for it. <laughs> Is that uh, what this one's doing here? Can we, can we get a close-up no. of that? No, no. No, this one's just trying to get away. <laughs> Uh, that, that's his mate over there. That's the one they're trying to catch. Well, look at that. They just caught it. Uh, oh, that's... Our floor manager just told me they stepped uh, on it. That, that's, a, that's a female. That's a squirrel, as we say. Those bright colors around the snout. Nose rings, we call them. They differentiate between them. And, of course, you just cover them up with this nair guard, and they won't breed. They can't breathe? No, no, no. They can't breed. <laughs> There's one crawling up my leg. But, uh, seriously, Brad, Ken, we want them to breed as much as possible and this guard is only used of course when you're away on vacation you know and it becomes inconvenient for them to uh, 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 Brad now how could we let's go over to that demonstration oh, you told sure. me to go well I'm gonna show you how absolutely trouble free these little animals are back here if you have kids like I know I have You'll want to watch this very carefully now. Uh, we got a big close-up right there of the little... <laughs> if it just stays still here. Yep. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to put out this lighted cigarette on this chinchilla now. <laughs> there. Now, you, see, you can see I'm just letting it burn there. It doesn't harm the coat at all. Oh, that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, how's how's it's still smoking there? Yes. Uh -huh. Well, how's how is this uh, how is this possible, Ken? Well, Brad, this chinchilla is entirely synthetic. That's that's fantastic. And with these little fellas raised in your spare time in the playhouse or the garage or the slaves' quarters, you'll be making hay while the sun shines and at midnight too with mutant well, blue. Thank you, thank you, Brad. And you two little what's his name? Doesn't have a name. They're all his name. Oh well, thank you. Just a moment, we'll tell you the numbers to call. Stealing, don't 
sitting on top of the of the world. She's gone, but I don't worry. Neither does Vassar Clements and his many friends who contributed to the album Hillbilly Jazz, which came out in the 1970s. David Bromberg, Vassar Clements, DJ Fontana, many others given us a nice country swing version of Sitting on Top of the World. Before that, the Firesign Theater, friends, and the Chinchilla Show, a selection from their early radio program that is not to encourage any mistreatment of animals after all those chinchillas were entirely synthetic but i don't want anyone to think that i'm advocating cruelty to animals just a fun little piece from the uh, probably 1969 thank you fire sign theater thank you vassar and friends let's go now to george jones and melba montgomery I know why you're lonely And I know why you're blue You're lonesome to see him And you long to see her too We're not in love with each other We're in love with our best friends So let's invite them over again We've talked
Hey.